Hey friends, welcome back here to the Semi-Seminary, and here we are, we're finally able to wrap up our Bible study series on maybe the biggest numbskull that we find in the Bible, a character by the name of Samson. Samson is an incredible story, also it's an incredibly frustrating one. What makes it so incredible and makes it so frustrating is we see someone with an opportunity to have such an impact based on their gifts, their calling, their anointing by God, they have they have such opportunity to make a difference. And yet at every single term, it seems like they would rather do what they'd rather do than what God's called them to do. It's easy for us to sit on the sidelines and point our fingers at people like that. It's more difficult for us to see ourselves in that character. I hope you can see yourself in Samson. I certainly can. Friend, I'll see you back here on the other side. Bunch, but So let's do this. Um, we're wrapping up. This is our final week. Four parts in the study of this knucklehead in the Old Testament, a guy by the name of Samson. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you or you version app, if you need a Bible up here, if you need one, it's Judges 16 is where we're at tonight. And let me just kind of uh, rewind and wrap up in one kind of fail swoop here this story we have told in a number of parts. So um, we're looking uh, at this character who I think is interesting because uh, we can see ourselves in a character like this often. This is also, and it might have something we, way we might see ourselves at times too, is Samson's also one of the most frustrating characters that we find in the Bible. Because this was a guy who had been given so much by God. From birth, Samuel was actually from birth called by God, set apart by God. He was given so much by God. He was empowered with this supernatural strength from God to fulfill God's calling on his life. Right, And that calling, particularly... We learned in the first week was to help deliver the Israelites from the oppressive hands of the bad guys, at least in their story, these folks that you might have heard of, the Philistines. And even though he was given all of this power, all of this calling confirmed on him, like so many of us, Samson messes it up over and over and over again. And we began uh, by finding that uh, Samson was a very strong person. This instance, a man. He's a very strong man, but had a very weak will. Right? And again and again and again, he had made these vows that were to separate him from God. But over and over and over again, we find him breaking these vows. God, uh, he's chasing after the wrong women. He's touching things he's not supposed to touch. He's drinking things he's not supposed to drink. He's getting a haircut when he's not supposed to get his hair cut, right? And we look at all of these emotions, and we recognize that one of his problems, also like us, is that more times than not, he is emotionally driven, not spiritually led, okay? It's a problem for a lot of us folks. When our emotions get out of control, and they end up, we, rather, end up letting them, the emotions, drive us instead of being led by the Holy Spirit. 
And then last week, down here, week three, last week we saw that most people, most folks, they don't ruin their lives all at once. Right? They actually ruin them one step at a time. So we're going to watch, we're going to see a guy who was given up, was given so much by God, just like many of us. And I mean, blow it big time. Right? And we're actually going to pick up the story tonight, toward at the end of his story, when, when he's supposed to be delivering God's people. And actually, we're going to find him being a prisoner of these hated enemies, the Philistines. Right? Not only has he been imprisoned by the Philistines, but he's also now had his eyes gouged out. Uh, I, it's... I had a little funny idea of, uh, or I had a little joke in here about that, but I realized this is during dinner. I'm not even going to say any more about that, right? Had his eyes gouged out. He's in shackles. And what he'd actually been doing once he had been captured, he'd been fastened to this big uh, wooden grind. And uh, he would be doing the work of like an ox or an animal uh, that an animal would do like that day after day where he would just, push this thing around in a circle and, and, and grinding. And while he's doing all of this incredibly difficult work, right, everybody's mocking him, throwing stuff at him, calling him names, making fun of him, all of this kind of stuff, right? And get, these are the hated enemies of the people of God. And so in Samson's life, he is at the lowest possible moment he could be his condition in his story right now raises the question not only for samson but for all of us as well what do we realize what do we do when we realize we've blown it what do we do what what do we do we'll we'll find out what do we do what do we do when we've realized we've wasted years that god have given us when we've wasted and squandered talents that God has given uh, to us. We've done things that we cannot undo. We've become embarrassed by our actions. We've hurt people that we loved. We did not do what we were created by God to do. And the problem for us so often is that we take those kinds of failures in our lives very, very personally. In fact, as a result... I think, generally speaking, a a person's greatest fear is failure and their greatest pain, regret. For many, many, many folks, their greatest fear is not wanting to fail because we want to measure up. We want to be seen as successful, right? And when we don't live up to our expectations or the expectations that are placed upon us by somebody else, Typically, our greatest pain is regret by thinking, I wished I could have. I wished I should have. Why didn't I? In fact, there are a lot of us one day, right? There's going to be a lot of us who are going to face significant regret. Unfortunately, right? There are going to be a lot of folks who are going to have to one day look their partner in the eye and have to explain you know, why they were getting their jollies on the internet, on the images on a computer, or trying to explain away something that is un, 
explainable. Why he or she betrayed that vow to the other. Why he chased after that flusy in the office. Right? And facing the regret of betraying someone that totally held our trust. Someone that was totally faithful to us. Or it might be the one who's frustrated because their career isn't gone the way that they want and they feel like maybe they or maybe the money that they make or wish that they could make or don't make, right? That it's all just beneath them. And it's paycheck to paycheck. And they have some friends that are doing better and they feel like they have become a failure as a result of that, right? It also, it might not be an outward failure, right? Sometimes it's an inward failure that no one sees that gets people caught. It's the promise that they made to themselves, the promise that they made to God, whatever that might be, I'll never do that again, right? And by Thursday of the next week, here they've done it again, and they feel like a total failure. Samson's story here, folks, teaches us something that we need to embrace, that we need to internalize, that we need to live with. And that truth is this. It's the principle that just because you failed at something does not mean you are a failure. Because a failure is an event. A failure is not a person. And we're going to see in Samson's life, it's hardcore here, a guy who failed over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then when it looks like he has failed way too much for God to even love him, much less use him, we're actually going to find him in a position where we're going to be able to watch and see God who still is able to accomplish his purposes even though he's working through a man who repeatedly has not gotten it right. And I'm here to tell you, friends, that at least for me, that is good news. Right? And the good news is, the story that Samson tells us, is that just because you're down doesn't mean you're out. Right? Just because you're down doesn't mean you're out. If you have failed at something, you're not a failure because failure is an event, not a person. Amen. Right? So let me show you my math to prove this out, this idea. Uh, it's in John. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that at all. Judges <laughs> 16, uh, beginning in 23. Here's what the Bible says. Now, the rulers of the Philistines, again, these are the bad guys. They assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to celebrate, saying, Our God, Dagon, has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. Now, let's pause here for just a second and kind of unpack this, right? They would have been gathered in their temple, but for our understanding, the type of... Uh, area in which they were gathered would have been more like a, like a coliseum. It would have been more like a stadium, right? Um, open area, layers of seating kind of on top of each other. Uh, 3,000 to 
maybe up to 5,000 people in a place like this. And they are worshiping uh, their god, Dagon. Dagon is the uh, god of the harvest for the Philistine people. And the uh, image of Dagon is, uh, is uh, a man head with a fish body. Right? So, man fish god. And they're going, man fish god, thank you for delivering Samson into our hands. And they're making sacrifices and they're praising the man fish god. Verse 24, right? Not judging. I think our God is a lot cooler than man fish God. But verse 24, when the people saw Samson, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy into our hand, the one who laid waste to our land. Now, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we studied that incident with the 150 pairs of foxes. He got mad and he tied her tails together and he lit them on fire and then threw them into the Philistines' fields. Okay, burned all their crops down. Right? Laid waste to our land. He put torches to the foxes, burned their land. That's what they're talking about. Right? And like, hey, this is the guy who did that. And then they also say, and multiply, multiplied our slain. Now, you may or may not remember the jawbone incident where he took the jawbone of a donkey and he killed a thousand Philistines in this way, right? And so what we're seeing here is these are, they've recognized, this is the guy. And while they were in high spirits, verse 25, while they were in high spirits, they shouted, bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison and he performed for them. Remember, hated enemy of the people of God. It does not get any lower. It does not get any worse for Samson than this. He is totally and completely. He is 100% totally and completely shamed in front of God's enemies. He has failed not only himself, but he has failed the people of God miserably. Now, there are two responses to failure, if you're interested. And the natural response to failure is remorse. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of people stop. Remorse. I feel bad about what I did. I shouldn't have done what I did. I'm a bad person. Sometimes remorse will turn inward. I'm horrible. I'm no good. I'm the worst person who's ever lived. I have no future. I hate myself. I hate my life. You guys know how that spirals down and it turns inward on itself right sometimes that remorse though can turn outward right i'm the victim or it's somebody else's fault or this wouldn't have happened if you had not right i didn't ask for this um, and you know what it's delilah's fault she's the one that came up with all of that stuff with me right Dedicate me a love song, Samson. It was Delilah's fault, right? She was the one who did the whole nagging thing. I don't know if you remember that, right? It's deep. It's deep. Remorse. I'm a loser. I'm no good. Or it's someone else's fault. But there's a better response than remorse, and that's repentance. There's remorse, the natural response, but the better response is repentance. 
And what's that? That's I own it. It's my fault. I blew it. But it's not just, hey, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I didn't do what God had entrusted me to do. And stop. It's I'm turning away from that which I did wrong. And I'm turning toward that which is right. That's repentance. That's that's what makes it different than just remorse. Remember, last week, most people, they don't ruin their lives all at once. They ruin them one step at a time. Right? And remember we talked about, and if you find yourself walking in the wrong direction, it is as simple as turn around. That's what that word repentance means. To turn around or to change one's mind. Right? It means to turn from our lower sinful ways and turn back to God's higher ways. It's not just, I feel bad about this. But I'm turning to God to let God redeem me. Why? So that I can feel prideful for myself again? Absolutely not. For no other reason than to fulfill God's divine purposes with my life. Right? See, some of us, all of us, we're going to do things that we can't undo. Right? There's some things you can't undo. You can't unsend. But you can repent. Right? Some of us are going to come upon a horrible realization that you can't unsleep with that person that you slept with. But you can repent. And it's not, oh, I'm sorry I got caught. I shouldn't have. I'm talking about repent. You can't undo the bad deal you made, but you can repent. You can't unsay what you said. You can't undo what you did. You can't unlook what you looked at. But we can repent. And I believe in our story here, Samson, I believe, comes to a point in his life when he, however, remembers who he was created to be. And realizing I was not created to be entertainment for my enemies. I was created and set apart by God to do something significant for the people of God. And it is my sincere prayer that along the way, somewhere in these stories about this character Samson, that we all might remember who we were created to be. And that is Someone who was created to honor and glorify God with our lives. Right? And not looking back and allowing and allowing our spiritual enemy to shackle us into stopping at simply remorse. There's no use to try to change, spiritual enemy will say. They'll, he'll even say, you can't undo what you did, so what difference does it make? I wish I could have. I should have. I didn't. I hate it. It's all my fault. No, we get free from our spiritual enemy who wants to keep us chained in remorse and move forward into repentance. Right? And what's the point? The point is we can't change our past. But we can change our future. 
Just because you're down doesn't mean that you're out. Don't internalize your failure, friends, because you are not what you did. You are who God says that you are. And let's watch Samson as he realizes this. Verse 25. When they stood him among the pillars, so he's in this temple, Colosseum, giant pillars that support the weight of this place. Samson, in verse 26, says to the servant who held his hand, Put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so that I might lean against them. Then I love this. Stop. We're going to go slow here. Then I love this. Samson prayed to the Lord. O sovereign Lord, remember me. O God, please strengthen me. Right here. He prays, O God, please strengthen me just once more. I can't possibly tell you how much I personally actually love and what this particular Bible verse means in my particular life. I can't fully describe to you what this means, but let me just repeat it once more. Please strengthen me just once more. In other words, I have blown it a thousand times. And God, I don't need a thousand more chances. I've blown it too many times to count. But I don't need multiple opportunities, God. All I need from you, God, is one more chance. One more time, God. Just find it in your mercy to give me one chance of this strength once more. He's broken in this moment. It's no longer about Samson in this moment. Now it's about God. And I believe with all my heart he stepped across some sort of spiritual line in this moment where he's saying maybe, Scripture doesn't say this, can extrapolate. You might imagine that in this prayer he's saying for the first time in my life it's no longer about me. It's always been about me. But it's no longer about me and I'm stepping across the spiritual line and from this moment forward, whatever I have left, I give it all to God. All that I have. And he steps across the line and he says, I'm no longer the main character in this story. My God is the main character in this story. And everything I have, I will use to glorify Him. Right? For the rest of my life, I'm never the same. Because it's no longer going to be about me. And here he is in his lowest point. Again, I cannot demonstrate to you guys fully enough how this would have been massive public humiliation. There is not a single person, even on his side at this point, that believes there is anything good in this guy. And internally, he has a private moment with God just like maybe some of us might have. Just one more time, God. Just one more time. One more chance. You give me your strength and I will use it for the rest of my life to leverage whatever it gives me for your glory, for your goodness. Right? To remember, when one is down, they're not out. Even in our failures, friends, 
God can still accomplish His purposes. And again, this should be good news for us. Even in our imperfections, even in the times we mess it up, even in our failures, God can still accomplish His purposes. What's God's purpose for Samson's life? Right? Remember from the very beginning, it was to start to deliver God's people from the hand of the Philistines who had been controlling them. Samson was supposed to start the deliverance of the people of God away from these oppressors. Verse 29, And Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one and his left on the other. Verse 30, Then Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all of his might, and down came the temple on the rulers and all of the people in it. Thus, our story concludes, thus he killed many more when he died than when he lived. He pushed the pillars with all of his might. Everything comes crumbling down and he destroyed more of God's enemies when he died than in all of the years that he had lived. It goes to show you, friends, that even in our failures, God can still use us. Even though we have messed up, it is not over yet. Right? We are not what we did. We are who God says that we are. Right? If you're a Christian, remember, you have the same powerful spirit that raised Christ from the dead living in you. And as a result, you may be down, but you're not out. Because you could be a man, you could be a woman of God. Well, I messed this stuff up so bad, how could that even be possible? Guess what? That makes your story better. Right? Because no matter how bad you are, even if it's really numbskully like Samson here, whenever it does happen, people will go, oh, that had to be God. Right? For years I was an addict. For years I lied. For years, I was locked in a pornographic world, right? Whatever that might be. And look just how much better God looks when everybody see God took you out of that darkness and brought you into the light. Our God's not finished with you yet. So here's the thing. For some of us, it's time to push some pillars down. What pillars do we need to push down in our life? Think about it. Be very specific with it. Right? Don't oversimplify this or we miss it. Right? So think about very specifically. What pillars do you need to push down or pull down? And how can you do that? Right? Maybe it's the pillars of pride. I need help. I'm alone. I'm messing up. I'm afraid. I feel like a failure, right? Maybe it's pride. Get some help. Maybe it's anger. I'm jealousy. I've just been mad at the world, right? I've always felt like I've got the short end of the stick, and I've just always been mad about it. Remember, you've got a calling on your life, right? Not remorse. I feel guilty for getting caught doing what I wasn't supposed to be doing, but doing something different, doing something about it, turning away from the sin, and turning towards God. And you can just watch 
as, as God will show you, again, you're not, you may be down, but you're not out. Right? Though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. And we can do it. We can do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, now check this out. Right? Uh, what Samson did was right. He did what God told him to do. He pushed down the pillars and he died. Hero! Yay! Sunday school story for fourth graders forever. Right? What he did was right. Right. But friends also know what he did was incredibly easy. And you might be saying, no, 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 no. Right? When he died, he gave his life for this. That's easy. Right? It's easy for a guy like Samson to do this. Right? It's easy for someone who's been dormant like that. That dormant hero that saves your life. But I'm telling you, friends, every single one of you. Right? Someone breaks into your attacker, breaks into your house and threatens someone you love. What are you going to do? Right? You're going to get out of your bed and you're going to grab your lamp as your weapon. Right? And you're going to fight and you're going to try to protect or die trying, right? And that's easy. And you're a hero. But you only give up your life one time. But friends, Samson gave up his life one time. But the real people of God, they give up their lives daily. Right? Real folks... Real people of God give up their lives daily. Paul said, I die daily. Right? And friends, believe me, I, I believe in you so much. I'm telling you, right? I believe that we can, every single one of us, can truly make a difference in the world as people who are surrendered wholly to God. And you might remember, I'm trying to tie the end of Part four with the beginning of part one, whenever I had mentioned something, and I'm trying to think of the guy's name, I think it's uh, A.W. Tozer, famous theologian that said, the world is yet to see what God can do through one person wholly surrendered unto him. The world has yet to see what God can do through just one person who was wholly and completely surrendered to him. Right? If we're going the wrong way, repent. Turn back towards God. Reminding ourselves it's not about us. Saying to God, I give you not some, not half, but all of my life. Right? And when we do that, and when we remember the world is yet to see what can truly happen when we do that, we can truly make a difference. Not because we're the main character in our story. No. In fact... Because we're not. Because this is all for God. Remember, friends, just because you're down, you're not out. Any questions? Thanks, guys. Well, what do you think? There is a lot of truth to that saying, you know, that the world has yet to see the real impact of a person is holy and committed to God. Perhaps perhaps the reason why that still rings true today is because it's so easy to say and yet so hard to do, just like the lessons that we learned from Samson's life. 
The truth is we allow ourselves to be the focal point of our story. Despite the blessings, despite the gifts, despite the calling on our lives, despite the times where we can honestly say we have felt the hand of God on our lives, we still have this inclination to push God to the side and put ourselves as the focus. And it seems like no matter when we live, a thousand BC or 2022, I seems to think that every single time we put ourselves at the front of our story and put God to the side, disaster happens. And disaster not in the way that it's just the consequences of sin on our lives and the lives of the people we love, but it's a disaster because our lives are wasted. We've not brought the glory to God that we were called and created to do. It's easy to say, but it's so hard to do. Something to think about. Hey friends, I hope to see you next time here on the Semi-Seminary. And until then, be well.